guys are Ben Trevojevic here from the Manly Seagulls. Here comes the Super Coach Experience podcast is one of the best podcasts going around, boys. They go to Keep doing what you're doing, and yeah, I just want to say what a podcast. Go the Mighty Eagles. Hey, lads, you and Aiken here from the New Zealand Warriors. Hope you have a big year with the Super Coach Experience podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Supercoach Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Savage, and we're joined today by a very, very special guest. You think we've been in the game long? Well, this guy is the OG. I've got the host of the NRL Supercoach All-Stars Podcast, Barnsey. How are you, Barnsey? I'm good, Savs. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure, and it's um, always nice to be an OG as well. So <laughs> thanks are, for the props. You are seriously the OG <laughs> of Supercoach. For as long as I've been playing Supercoach, you've been around... Um, but uh, All-Stars podcast, you're a part of that. How are you finding the off-season? Yeah, good. It's always one of those things when you're podcasting. It's probably the same for everyone. Where, um, Especially for the All-Stars podcast, I try and make sure that we're – I don't. I hate missing episodes. Mm. We hardly ever miss an episode. I always make sure that we get something out um, and I always hate it when you don't. But it means that the season is so long. Like mm. I love doing it. The pre-season, I'm all pumped. And it's not to say that I don't like doing it towards the end. Yeah, but it's just such a long season. So like, it's always great in the off season because you get a bit of a rest, a bit rejuvenated. Yeah. Um, but you also get a bit thirsty for it to start again after a couple of months, which I'm starting to get. To that point <laughs> yeah, now, it's so, nearly yeah. there, isn't it? I think me and you are quite similar in that regard. Like, it's a very long season, and because All Stars is your thing, um, part of the podcast is getting people on every week and mm. making sure you've you've got Billy, who is a regular for your show, but. I guess we'll kick it off with how hard is it to maintain that when it's solely you? Like, it's, it, there's not anyone else in the All-Stars who are, who are equally invested in the All-Stars as you are. Yep. How hard is that week to week? Because for myself, I find it so struggling. Like, we've just had two weeks yep. off the podcast doing this in the off-season just because I needed to rejuvenate and I needed to just plan out my schedule properly. It's it's super difficult. And, like, it's... um. Like it's you obviously get the good feedback and you get people listening and stuff and you know people that say oh, you helped my supercoach team that's always great yeah. so you know it always keeps you going but I think that a lot of people casual listeners or, or casual fans don't understand how much work goes into it and I've explained this to people before like and I probably put more in than what I should or more in than maybe other people do and that's not you know negating what they do it's just yeah. that I'm a bit of a perfectionist so with me like I'll say to someone like it's a full time like it's a full day's work almost what I do because like our recordings are long like and people say, wow, you released an hour 40 episode this week. That might be a two and a half hour recording and if you consider that it's two and a half hours to record it and then I have to listen to it all again because I edited it all myself and that's at least two and a half hours to listen and obviously you're stopping and you're fixing stuff and whatever. So that's like probably more like three and a half hours yeah. and then to get it out there and produce another half an hour. And then you're obviously, like you said, running around trying to get guests and also doing um, research and run sheets and stuff. Like you're looking at maybe even if you've got a real long one, like even a day and a half of actual work yeah. of putting it together. So if you're trying to do two a week, which I was trying to do with the talk and footy, 
it's hard. There's a, there's a lot to do and you have to really love it. As far as getting people on, it's become harder and harder. Yeah. It's not because people don't want to come on and everything, but I think that the um, the progression of the podcasting and the community and stuff has been phenomenal, but it also makes it hard for you know a podcast like mine because I could get Wilfred on all the time before. Like Wilfred was coming on to the All-Stars before he had yeah. the Champions podcast. And then he had the Champions podcast, which is a fantastic podcast. But because he's got that, it's harder for him to come on mine. Yeah. Uh, likewise for pretty much everybody else that I would normally get on. So yeah. makes it very, very difficult, well, but rewarding too still. Well, everybody in the Supercoach world, like I just don't bother during Supercoach season because mm. it's just like – like, obviously, we, we try and help each other out here and there. Like, I know Timmy comes on your show. Mikey goes on your show a couple of times a year. So, um, it's it's good you've got them kind of floaters that help out yeah. each other's podcasts. I love that. Uh, but at the same time, it's like I, it's so stressful. And the fact that you are cutting it down from two and a half hours to one and a half hours and there's a two-day turnaround, if that, like yep. Tuesday afternoon, you need this person to be free in this recording slot. Like, it, it's a tough gig, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And the, the tight turnarounds is a big thing. Like, I think that's – like, one of the things with the talk and footy episodes is there's a little bit more time and they're shorter, mm. um, whereas obviously with Supercoach, we've got the lockout. And you've got to get out there not just for that, but you've got to get out there with people to have enough time to actually get the content. And, again, with so many different podcasts and stuff, I know a lot of people like to listen to heaps – but you've got to have enough time to do that. So you've got to get out as early as possible. Yeah, We're all at the mercy of the 4 o'clock Tuesday team list coming out. So, I mean, yeah, it's one day if you don't have any work on a Monday and you're like, oh, cool, I could record it, you can't do it anyway. Yeah. So it's a bit hard because it's very time restrictive. You've got to record on a Tuesday. It's got to be after 4 o'clock. And often it means that I'm recording at 9.30 and I you know, finish at 11.30 or something and then I have to wind down and whatever and – and, everything. and then the next day, I've got to get it edited and I've got to get it out. And the editing, like I said, takes a while, which is why sometimes it's late on a Wednesday afternoon and I'd love to get it out earlier. Yeah. But And editing is um, – I, I have so much praise for people that do that professionally because it just absolutely kills me. You know, I had to teach myself how to edit like five, yeah. six years ago and it's, it's just such a draining process that I find really difficult <laughs> – Doing that week to week will be like that's a lot more than I do. So what do I do, <laughs> yeah, well, because it's such a quick turnaround. Like with these podcasts, I have a bit more time to kind of play with them. But with the Supercoach podcast, I, I was really, I was really particular with them at the start. But I just, I with Timmy coming into the podcast, he's an absolute rambler, absolute dribbler. <laughs> yeah. I, I just keep him short and just just don't let anything happen but sometimes it does happen and i I like to keep a rule but i upload that audio straight as it is like if there's anything in there that i know is a bit shouldn't go out to the public um i cut it out but it's it's such a tough process uh but you've been doing this for a long time how how long have you been doing it and how did it start i think it's about six years um, Six years? It must be about – maybe more. Yeah, it's probably more um, now. I think it's more because I yeah. feel like every time someone asks me, I say seven years. Yeah, about <laughs> seven. I, I think you're right. I think it's about seven seasons. Um, so, yeah, it's been it's been a while. It's probably about seven seasons now that we just finished the seventh one. I reckon consistently this is probably our f- maybe fourth or fifth season. Like before that, it was kind of – you had a lot of ad hoc stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly, stuff. exactly. Yeah. It was just very spur of the moment. But until we got into this routine of podcasting and stuff, what what made you get into it? Um, look, I think I just – I love footy mm. and, and I love sport in general anyway. And I love talking about it. And it's one of those things I think that in this day and age as well um, – and this is probably 
very prevalent in you know your beginnings and stuff with the Supercoach experience and stuff, where you just want to talk to your mates about it and stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, um, you know, everyone's got busy lives and stuff and whatever. And inadvertently, like I mean, like oh, I joke around that you know because because I'm an old man compared to a lot of the podcasters, but like you know, I I play playstation with my mates and and that's how i catch up with them a lot of the time mm. and i'm talking to them on a headset you know yeah whereas you know 15 years ago you didn't do that you yeah. go to the pub and get to, but you just you don't have as much time to do that mm. so you know doing the podcast you could chat to mates like billy and and luke and wilfred and stuff as well they get along with and chat to them about footy which is great um but the other thing too was i just love the game i love Supercoach, and i sort of looked at it and went you know at the time there was obviously the official podcast which is fantastic um, Sanks has done a great job and growing with that as well. But um, then there was basically Supercoach Talk, which I used to listen to, and that was the first one I listened to. There wasn't anything else when I started. Mm. You know, uh, I went on um, – so there was an Addicts podcast with Supercoach Addicts page. Perso invited me onto that one. Uh, and that's sort of what got me thinking about it because there really wasn't anything else. And when he invited me onto that, I sort of thought, well, I could probably do this. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I like talking about footy and I – taught myself how to edit on the Mac and how to record and all that stuff, which was a big learning experience. Um, and again, something else that's a lot harder than what it looks as yeah. far as learning how to edit, but also like the recording stuff. Like I know our audio in the first year or two was just terrible, but there's nothing I could do about it because I was recording into a um, my study, which was a converted garage, which, yeah. you know, I didn't have a proper mic at the time, which cost a couple hundred bucks if you want to get a good one. But it was just fun. And, yeah. you know, there wasn't that much out there. Obviously progressed and, you know, these days it's uh, – um, you know, a bit more than that. Sometimes you can get some income from it as well, which is great, although it's never, you know, you end up getting paid a dollar an hour or something, but, you know, <laughs> still. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so obviously sponsors have come on board and stuff and, like, growth has happened to your show. Like, your show um, for a long time and still does get a lot more listens than us and we've, we've got sponsors as well. How Have you found dealing with them? And has there ever been a point where you're like, or is that why you started doing multiple shows, just to try and maximise that type of income? Um, well, it wasn't about maximising the income. It was probably more of a justification. So, yeah, like, I can't justify with my time and how long it takes or to my family and stuff and other commitments to say I'm going to do all these hours. Yeah. But if I'm getting paid for it, then it's a job, you know, and that's a bit more of a justification. Exactly so obviously, the same my wife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So obviously when sponsors fall off and stuff or, you know, the revenue's not there as much, then it becomes harder because it's like, well, you know, it's 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 fun enough to do the one a week, but when you're doing two, if you're not getting the income in or at least something for it, then, you know, it's easily a bit harder to justify the yeah. time, um, not just to yourself but to your family, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's it. Um, obviously... You started with Top Sport as your first sponsor, and then you've moved on to Picklebet. When that transition phase, because Top Sport kind of they got to a point where they had too many of us on board. Let's yeah, be, let's be yeah, real. And uh, at the start, like I, I was kind of like, they've got too much of us in the market. Like, there's going to be a day where this happens. Mm. Um, how was that transition period? Was it a bit scary? Was it like, was there a point where you're like, oh? can't justify this as much anymore yeah there really was actually because um i sort of um i was chatting to my wife about it actually because i was like what do i do because it's um i didn't want to peel back because i knew that you know i had some options and things and i've actually turned down a lot of sponsors and stuff because i don't want to 
I, I really – I don't want to saturate it and have like yeah. four or five different ads and stuff. Or, and it's not really about the money. Yeah. So I, I don't want to do that. Um, so I have turned some down and I've turned some down where it's just like, look, you know, the money that you're going to pay just isn't worth taking up a slot. Um, and I've done that plenty of times as well, especially when I've got like Picklebet or Top Sport. It's like, look, the money that you're paying, it's going to compete against somebody that I've got and stuff and compete mm. for the time and my effort and time I put into the sponsor. I don't want to take that because it's really not worth it. Yeah. And so it's 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 hard, but I decided, you know, look, I, I was confident that I'd get someone else on board and, and Picklebet ended up being the one that I chose. Yeah. But if I didn't keep going in the same format, would I have got someone on board or yeah. what could I show them that's there for them, you know? I think that it's always there. One of the things that's interesting in the podcasting world is that there is a lot of um, just one-off stuff and that's the other yeah. trap that I didn't really want to go down. Like I did Manscape for a couple of weeks. Yeah, we did too. And it just – it wasn't worth it. Like it just – and it was – actually like not to smash Manscape or anything, but <laughs> I actually found it really hard to deal with them. Like I ended up yeah. you know, saying to them in the end because there was a lot of paperwork because they're US-based. Yeah. I filled it all out and stuff and then they needed something else and something else to – and was like, guys, I've spent like three hours on this and like it's one slot and like you, you know, you're not doing it. Like It's just too much effort. I found the know? same thing. They sent us all this free free shit. Uh, we promoted it for one episode and I was like, it's not worth it. Like that, they needed to put us on like a one-month trial and so pretty much what we needed to do is push it as hard as we could mm. and get as many numbers buying their products as possible. But like with the champions in our space kind of already – having that market yeah it's it's not worth our time like it's with a bookie it's kind of it's a bit different because i i think loyal listeners follow these kind of bookies and stuff but with products like manscaped it's kind of hard it's just like it's pretty niche yeah yeah um but yeah i I found it really interesting dealing with sponsors and stuff and it's been good a good way to justify it and it's not the main thing that keeps you going because obviously we started this because we love it, mm. but it's also a nice way to keep progressing. Um, what has been your best tactic of kind of growing the show? Because we've been in the market for a while now. H- have you tried to grow the show or is it just like are you at the point where that you're happy with the loyal listeners? Um a bit of both. Like, it's definitely at the start. Uh, but look, it was, to be honest, a lot easier at the start because there wasn't very many. Yeah. So, I mean, I had pretty exceptional growth immediately. Yeah. In the first two years in particular, it was massive. And even after that, it did. But, you know, it's not that um, – if you're just looking at the super coach world, there's only a finite amount of people that can listen, mm. right? And I'm in marketing and stuff, so, like, I always do the numbers and yeah. stuff. And it's like, well, look, if you've got 150,000 people playing, but that's only really 120,000 people playing, and out of those people – 40,000 consume content, and then out of those 40,000, how many consume multiple different types of content, how many listen to multiple podcasts, and you come down to like, well, you know, my market is probably maybe 25,000 people. It's never going to get bigger than that, and to get to that, like, it would might have, it's probably pretty hard because they're going to choose other podcasts at times or whatever, yeah. so it's just... It's not a big super coach market, really, when you've got so much content out there, so I haven't Particularly the last few years, I really haven't. Like we, we've got a, a good listener base yeah. and a pretty loyal listener base, um, and I'm just happy with that. Yeah. And I don't also want to uh, like flood people or hit people over the yeah. head constantly. Like come listen to my podcast and stuff. Yeah. Like obviously, I'd be happy for it to grow, but certainly I always post it in all the groups and yeah. stuff, and on social media, and you hope that people will follow or whatever. And and they do. Like you do. 
you do lose people, but you also there's a lot of new super coaches playing every year. There's yeah. a lot of new rugby league fans every year, and they go and gravitate towards you know yeah. what content can I have? So I have tried at the start a lot. Um, the last few years, I really haven't done it as much at all. Yeah, I find at the start of the year, you get like an influx of new players, new listeners, and that's always a nice time of the year. But over probably last year was the first time where I didn't see it jump like in bulk. It kind mm. of just gradually happened throughout the year, which was weird because like I used to promote our stuff kind of in Central and that sort of stuff. And lots of people used to come across from there. Not as much anymore. I think it's so saturated at the moment. Um, and that was my next question. The market of Supercoach podcasts, so saturated. I find it as a good thing, but also there's a downside to it. What are your What's your take on that one? Uh, look, there's definitely down, downside. Like it's great that people are doing it. Um, and look, there's, and there's some people that come out. You can always get – I think you can always get something out of every podcast. Yeah, know? for sure. And – so it's really good that people are doing it and there's things that might be on our podcast, it might be on others and so forth. But um, as far as someone who creates a podcast and runs one, it's super difficult mm. because it's not like, um, you know, you've got the whole of Australia. You, mm. You've just got that 120,000 people base that are actually playing Supercoach. So there just isn't enough room, to be honest, and it kind of just kills everybody. And it's not anyone's fault, like, you know, they're – might be plenty of podcasts that start. There might be three that start next year, the brand new ones that are better than mine. Um, so you can't – like I'd never say don't do it. Yeah. But it does saturate the market and there's plenty of people that would listen to mine or yours that might have fallen off or, yeah. or don't anymore because they've just gotten onto another one and stuff. Yeah. And it just hurts everybody and even new people coming in. Like I always wonder how long it's going to last. And you do see it often where it's like someone starts one, a few months later it's dead or just becomes inconsistent and then a season later it's dead because – because it's hard for them because you're coming yeah. to a saturated market and you just you've got to build it from scratch. I'm working. fortunate that I started seven years ago. Yeah, well, that's with us too. I feel like we can justify what we do. If we started today, I get why it's so hard for other podcasts to do well because people who are starting now are just not getting the numbers that we used to get when we jumped onto mm. the scene because there's no one else. Yeah. Um, but consistency is the main thing, I reckon. And you said that before. I think. Doing a podcast every week, there's nothing more worse than getting hooked to a podcast and they just randomly don't upload one week. Yep. Um, yeah, so Supercoach is a game. How do you think it's changed? And any rules you think you would change within Supercoach? Um, it's changed heaps. Like if you look at seven years ago, uh, you'd have a rolling lockout for one. So, I mean, the lockout hit on that first game and it was all over for you. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you get someone that gets ruled out before kickoff or whatever, there was no running in and changing your team, you're going to get an auto-emergency straight away. Um, and the scoring's changed heaps. Like mm. um, The scoring is almost in inadvertently mirrored rugby league 2023. You know, we've got a big focus on attack. We've got mm. a big focus on scoring. Whereas you go back like seven years and it was a meat and potatoes, guys, that were your scorers and their big scores were like, you know, they were consistently getting you 55, 60 points and you didn't get guys getting hundreds because it was the Corey Parkers and the Paul Gallons, Anthony LaFranchis, 
these guys were the guns and mm. the spine players didn't really touch them because the attacking stats weren't worth as much and it was all about yeah. the work rate. And that's what's really flipped um, along with the rolling lockout, along with all those changes and along with the amount of trades that you get. Mm. But you actually need it because the nature of now with HIAs and everything else and guys getting ruled out before kickoff, guys getting rested, it happens a lot more. And the buy rounds were totally different. Like some of the old heads always reminisce with me about how good it used to be with the buy rounds because you used to really be able to smash up the rankings yeah, for sure. really hardcore. And now they've made it easier and easier and easier to the point now that you don't even have 17 players if you want yeah. to run 17 players, you know. So I think those are the big changes. Um, as far as what I would change, uh, I do think – look, there's there's a lot of difficulty with head-to-head versus overall, and that comes up all the time. And that's one of my big things because, look, I... I think I know where you're going with this. <laughs> it's been said for forever, right? Yeah. And, look, there's so many years where, you know, I look back at rankings and go, geez, that's a shit ranking. Yeah. And, like, it's not even that bad. Like, it might be, you know, 5,000 or something. Yeah. But it's like I gave up in round 16 and wanted to get into head-to-head cash comps and win money. Yeah. Um, so you're inadvertently going to sacrifice stuff. But then as well as that, like, even just looking at it from a head-to-head perspective, it's even difficult with that because, like, I fill up 10 comps every year mm. and you're limited to your 10. And, you know, I in one comp I need to make a move that's going to lose me another matchup, and I have to decide which matchup I want to lose rather than which one I want to win. And that becomes really hard too. And I'm someone who came originally from American fantasy sports. Mm. You know, before there was super coach. In the 90s, I was playing NBA fantasy. Yeah. And that is you draft a team or you get a team together – or you, you buy your players like super coaching points leagues, and that's your team. Yeah. And if you want another one, you go and do another one. Yeah. And they're totally different. Yeah. And you manage them in your league, or you manage them overall, and you manage that one team. Yeah. You don't have the same team duplicated across all. So it is a tricky beast. It's very different Australian fantasy sports to what it is overseas. And in some ways, that's good. Um, but one easy fix is obviously, you know be able to have a head-to-head team that isn't competing for overall and an overall team. But for business purposes, I understand why the DT is never going to do that. So, What I think is going to be a good way to kind of combat that is paying for overall. So like, oh, yeah. so like say it's like a $10 entry and you get to play an overall because the amount of people that come out and say, oh, I was a head-to-head player but I found myself in this position and they they just somehow fluke their way to a top 10 finish or something. I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a heads up there because I've looked at this before. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty sure that you'll find that um, the Daily Telegraph would have to get a gambling license to do that. Right. Yes. So yeah. any type of competition. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? Because yep. there's a prize up for grabs as and well. And you're putting money into it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um yeah, yeah it's almost like playing poker where you're putting yeah. your money in, you buy in, and you, you you know, it's, yeah. Well, that's why that hasn't happened. <laughs> becomes Yeah, that, that sort of stuff becomes very difficult. I mean, it's, it's never going to be a perfect world with Supercoach, no. but I think there is some, some little tweaks that they can yeah. – they can obviously make. Yeah. Uh, I think th- the game itself has gotten so good. And I think with the amount of big hundred scores there are, it's exciting. But at the same time, like you're talking about how there's so many trades and how we're kind of, we're given more, more access to make it easier. But at the same time, it kind of needs to be easier because of mm. these big scores. Cause if you miss one of these guys, like I, I, I was ranked in the top hundred all year. I didn't get Kalen Ponga. I finished outside the top 2,000 because I didn't have him that last six weeks. Yep. So. Um, yeah, well, that was me at the start. I started yeah. ranked 85,000. Um, yeah. So, like, I just – I had, like, two guys go injured. Um, second or third week, can't remember which one. James Tedesco was my captain. He got knocked out for nine or whatever it yeah. was. Um, so, I was, like – I declined from 85,000 
yeah. um, and then I end up finishing 5,000, which is a decent climb, but a pretty bad ranking in the end. Well, in the scheme of things, that's a brilliant finish, but then just because <laughs> you had such a bad start, that's not... You could claw it back from the start, though. Like, yeah, you but can. But I feel like the field is getting a lot tighter now. Like, players are becoming more serious with the more super coach podcasts there are. What team do you support? Roosters. Roosters? All my life. Yep. All your life? Definitely. And what are your thoughts on them this year and going into next year? Um, this year was disappointing, but um, I think from a, a team and club point of view, I was actually proud at how they finished the season. Yeah. Uh, because the, the attitude and the effort on the field wasn't there for the first couple of months. Uh, and then some of the performances from some of the players weren't. And I won't even say Tedesco. Like I, I was an adamant Tedesco supporter where I thought he was down on form the first couple of months. But he was playing behind a forward pack that wasn't doing much. He was playing in a spine with injuries. And the amount of injuries that they've gotten, like you don't want to make excuses. But as a fan, like I just look at it and go, look, we've got 17 of our top 30 out and we're asking for dispensation to play someone else out of, you know, that's not even in the top 30 and stuff. Mm. When that stuff happens, you've got to understand. I was frustrated with Robinson. I'm a big Robo supporter. Every coach makes mistakes. I don't pretend that I know better than Robinson. I, I don't. But the first few months I questioned a lot of the decisions. Um, but I was buoyed by how they went the last couple of months. And I think, touch wood, there's no way the injuries they've had the last few years can happen next year. And I think Don't that's you say it every year, though? No, I do, for a few years in a row. But, like, I do – I like the lineup that they've got. And one of the things that they've got for them going next year is they still keep a conveyor belt going. Like, everyone talks about all the players that the Roosters buy – but they do get a conveyor belt of young guys coming through. And Wong... They've been much better recently. Wong, Billy Smith. Yeah, Billy Smith's another one. They, like Billy Smith's have put like eight, nine years into yeah. it. Yeah. You know? Um, CY Wong's going to be a superstar. Mm. The Butcher brothers are just starting to pay dividends, and mm. they're in their mid-20s. They've been there since, uh, what, 16 or something. You know, like they, they do... They are getting these young guys starting to come through. Um, and Dom Young is a purchase, but he's a young guy who I think will fulfil his potential there yeah. as well. So... I like the mix that they've actually got going into next year. Um, so I see that that team as a top four team. I'm not going to go premiership, but I see them as a top four team right now. I like their squad. Um, Tedesco, I feel like he got unfairly criticised this year. Like he, he was trying his guts out week in, mm. week out. And yes, he's probably lost half a yard. Yeah, for sure. But he's still – his best assets are still there. He's just like – even for New South Wales, I think – you could put that down to Freddie and his tactics. Like I mm. feel like there was just no game plan and they they just had no direction. And I think he's a victim of that. You see him playing for Australia now. He's playing well. No one's criticising him because yep. they're winning. Um, and he's just he just does what he can. Well, I think the last couple of months of the season, like, and I've seen it so often. And you know, like rugby league fans are passionate, so I don't I don't hate people that want to yeah. you know get in there and have a dig at me and stuff, but. You know, I say it so often where people are like, Tedesco had an awful season. He was terrible. And it's like the last, honestly, and like uh, people will call me a biased fan, the last two months of the season, aside from Kalen Ponga, like, and Kalen Ponga, you know, moved to pull, for fullback to actually play that well anyway. But aside, aside from Kalen Ponga, the last two months, to me, Tedesco was the best fullback in the game. Like, Edwards was very solid, but not spectacular the last two months. Uh, Walsh was amazing the first two months, and that crown was his was all over. Yeah. But post-Origin, Walsh wasn't there. Post-Origin, um, Edwards was solid, not spectacular. And then you're looking at some of these other guys. You know, Tedesco 
without Ponga, he's the number one fullback that last two months. And that's when you want those guys performing, and that's when we needed to, because we don't make the playoffs or the finals, I should yeah. say, without Tedesco. <laughs> can tell you, big American sports guy. <laughs> um, like, there's legitimately like two games out of those last eight that he won by himself. Like, yeah. One of them where he scored a double, and one of those tries was against a grain of play off a kickoff where he's stolen the ball on a one-on-one strip and then yeah. scored a try. Like, we had no right to win that game, and we actually probably shouldn't have, aside from Tedesco being playing, you know. I remember uh, the back end of the season, I was so adamant that Tedesco was going to be... Because his run was... Am- the, the, run, the draw they had was amazing, <laughs> and he lived up to it. It's just the fact that I didn't have Kalen Ponga is, is what killed me and, yep. and what ov- overshadowed him, but he still had it. He was just... Like in Ponga's shadow, that's that's the issue. Which which everybody was, you know, Ponga was outstanding. I don't think anyone was close yeah. to him that last couple of months. Yeah, um, with Dom Young coming in, how do you think their backline looks? Do you think someone like Tupo makes way? There's absolutely no chance Tupo goes. Nah, none. Um, he's I not, didn't think so, but it, it kind of looked like that be the way they go. There's been some teams um, predicted team lists that have had him out, which I, I find puzzling. Um, Tupo is unbelievably respected within the Roosters organisation. Mm. You know, he's a senior leader, even though he's a winger. Um, he's been there forever. Um, and he's still representative quality. Like, I wouldn't pick him over Brian Tyre or anything, but yeah. he's representative quality still, and he played very well last year, you know, and he's a weapon on that wing. It's his experience and his ability. Like, he hasn't actually played badly. He can't yeah. lose that spot. Yeah. Um, to me, it's a, it's a it really comes down to Swale and Billy Smith. And it's really it's an unfortunate position to be in uh, because Billy Smith, I remember watching him as a as a kid in lower grades like nine years ago and saying this is one of the best players I've ever seen. <laughs> like I felt that way about a handful of players. Roger Tuivasa Sheck uh, was another one that I saw in lower grades, and but Billy Smith was one. Moga was another one, and then he copped three knee injuries in a row and it was all over. But Billy Smith, he was going to be the best centre in Australia. And then he copped all those injuries. And now he's finally fulfilling his potential and played amazing last year. So it's really sad if he gets has to make way, but he might. Um, yeah. Then the other one is Swalee, who, to me, if he's going to go to rugby, I don't really care how, how good he is because, to me, it's neck and neck with the other guys and he's leaving. So I would actually use him differently. Now, I don't know whether Robbo is going to want to look at a bench utility role, in which case he's a big boy. He could be a roving role and also fill in in the back line. And probably, you know, with the Roosters' injury history, half the year he'll end up playing in the back line anyway. Mm. You know, that's probably the way I would go. Yep. Um, but it's out of those two. I heard whispers that Luke Keary was going to retire at the end of this year, which could mean Joey Manu potentially goes to 5A and then that back line is sorted. They've got brilliant depth. Um, but I've heard nothing about it since I heard that rumour. And he finished the year pretty good, so I don't see that happening. I don't think it'll happen. I, I think that he'll take a um, a cut price deal to yep. stay at the Roosters, yep. and um, I think that yeah, it's everyone loves Joey Manu. I love Joey Manu. I think he's one of the best players in the league. But he to center. me is always a center, and even as a fullback, like and this goes in again to what we're saying about Tedesco. Like people forget all the intricacies of each position, and at fullback. The Roosters often get applauded for their defence and, you know, the Roosters' wall and stuff. When they actually are a premiership team, the defence is really good. And a lot of that's all on Tedesco. Like, his talk and how he gets around the field and how he reads the play and how he directs his defensive line is super important. Manu doesn't have that experience and he doesn't have that skill set at all. 
On top of that, he's great with the ball in his hands, but he's an individual brilliant talent, which is what suits him to centre so well. Yep. Now, you need to get him the ball as much as you possibly can, but if he's got it at six or even at one, he stunts the rest of the attack, and that's there. And it's something at his age that I don't think he's going to develop. You know, you, you just – you don't – Dylan Edwards isn't going to become one of the best ball-playing fullbacks. It's not Dylan Edwards. Yeah. You, you play to his strengths, you got to play to the fine. strengths, yeah. He he did try to develop that ball playing, but it just looked so awkward for him, didn't it? Yeah, and look, it, it takes away from the rest of his game. Yeah, exactly. You know, don't not run the ball because you want to try the – you're a great runner of the ball. Yeah. You can tear up teams. We want you running the ball, you know, and to do that, it's hard for him to be at six, yeah. especially when you've got a young – Fairly inexperienced Sam Walker, who needs a foil next to him to be able to take the pressure off. Yeah. All right, we're going to go into blind rankings uh, for Roosters legends. So you've got to rank them from one to five. And so I'll give you a player. You've got to rank them from one to five blindly, not knowing who's going to come next. And so, one's, be- one's being best, five being worst. Yeah? That's it. That's it. Or you could interpret however you want. doesn't matter. But we usually do it that way. Uh, oh, so number one, good. number one, Jake Friend. Oh. I'll go five. Five. Very good. Boyd Corner. I'll go four. Four. <laughs> Cooper Cronk. Oh, now I feel bad about the other ones. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll have to go three. He, he would have been lower. He would have been lower? Yep. The Roosters as a club doesn't condone that, do they? They, do they, they regard him quite highly, don't they? They do, but you, like I think um, when you're looking at Roos, like Roos's legend, you know, Kronk was a blow-in. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think even he feels like he's a storm player. Yeah, if you ask him. Yeah, for you sure. Know, friend and Cordner came through those lower grades, watched him through those Jersey Flag games and whatever. You know, it's it's a bit different. James Tedesco, two. Anthony Minicello, <laughs> one. That actually worked out. You, you yeah. would have so you would have just swapped. Put Kronk lower. I was going to actually put Craig Fitzgibbon there, but I don't know why I forgot instead of Cooper Kronk. So. If you put Fittler there, I would have gotten one straight away. Even Fittler. If you started with him. Forgot about Fittler. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, well, um, thanks for coming on the show today, Barnsley. Uh, we had a pretty quick, um, had a bit of a kerfuffle at the start. There was um, That's fine. a bit of drama about the timing of today. <laughs> but um, but thank you for coming on. It was a great chat, and I wish could have sat here longer, but... It is what it is. Maybe we'll get you back on later in the year. <laughs> happy to come on any time, so um, Happy to come on any time. So, but yeah. where can everyone find you and what are you doing in the off-season that um, yep. people might be interested in? So um, everyone can follow the NRL Supercoach All-Stars podcast, Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore All-Stars. Certainly look out. It's on everything. We don't do video at the moment, although that could change in the future with the way everything's having to go. But <laughs> uh, you find it everywhere. Also doing um, the... Uh, Supercoach Hub NBL episodes now. So we've got a couple episodes down for that one. I'll be hosting those ones every week now for the NBL season. Huge into basketball. Um, played footy for, you know, 20 years. Played basketball for 30. I only stopped. So um, huge into basketball. So you can listen to those ones. Um, they're on YouTube with the uh, NBL Supercoach episodes for the Supercoach Hub yep. um, and everywhere else too. And uh, would like to do some more basketball stuff. So, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe. Were you doing a basketball podcast for a bit, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Yeah. So, uh, the, I mean, that one, not to make the your episode longer, but I mean, that um, podcast was really good fun. Like, I got yeah. to inter- interview like former NBL legends yeah. and stuff and whatever. Um, and it only lasted four episodes because, again, at the time, the time constraints and for sponsors, uh, rugby league yeah. was getting the hits. Yeah. So, it was hard to build that up. So, I had to just leave it. Yeah, for sure. You, you, 
Uh, sorry to keep this conversation going, but like you put that on a different feed, didn't you? I, mm. Are you considering projects like that just putting it in the All Stars feed, just to because it's sport? Like, yeah, I have, and I've kind of, um, I guess, uh, sample done a bit of market research, um, asked some people about it and stuff, and as it's been lukewarm, you know, they've been pretty in a footy, and I think the basketball crowd seems. Mostly very different to the rugby league crowd. Yeah. So it's hard. I'd love to do more of it. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to do more of it, especially if I don't have to edit it and do all the yeah, other work, yeah, yeah. which is why the Super Coach Hub's great because yeah. I can go on there and host it and I don't have to do the other work. Yeah, that's for nice. It. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, good. We'll keep an eye out for that. But uh, thanks for coming on once again. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Sabs. Thank you.